Welcome to Inside Out. Without prejudice or boundaries, this space is for raw and vulnerable conversations surrounding health, mental well-being, relationships, parenthood, and so much more. Our goal is to deliver a conversation that will educate and empower you through shared experiences told by inspiring and relatable guests. My name is Chris. I'm a wife, mum, and stepmom who is on a personal journey that cultivates a life of alignment and intention. I hope these conversations encourage you to do the same. Let's dive deep into today's episode. by my beautiful friend, Brittany Karacha. Britt is a qualified podiatrist, qualified athletics and CrossFit coach, part-time CrossFit junkie, and one of my closest girlfriends. Britt won her two professional world titles in natural bodybuilding in figure and physique in 2015 in Canada and the Australian Championship that same year. She still holds her professional card as a natural athlete. Britt has trained and competed alongside some big household names in Australia and has dedicated her adult life to the sports of both CrossFit and bodybuilding. She's done so with nothing but a driving force being the love for the industry and for the world work. Today, Britt joins me on the mic to chat all things gym culture. While my personal journey in health has not been to the height of hers, I have trained all over Newcastle. I've had PTs and coaches for around seven years now. I've also paid for every ebook under the sun from every personal trainer, influencer that you can think of. And as a busy mama who thrives in the gym, I honestly feel like training has become part of my identity. Like I've built friendships and connected with some incredible people who I'm still so blessed to have in my life today. So I'm really excited just to sit down and have a chat to Britt about her career in fitness as a passion project and to talk about some of of her experiences in the gym and what she's learned along the way. Britt, thank you for joining me for a chat today. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. That is good. So you'll be a bit of a fresh voice for some of the listeners here. Before we dive into gym chat, can you share a little on you and where you're from? Okay, well I'm Britt, I'm 32, I'm originally from Tassie, so I grew up there with my beautiful mum and I left there when I was 18 to move to uh, Melbourne to study my profession which is podiatry um, and I was lucky enough to get a job here as a wound specialist podiatrist so I moved here about eight years ago and yeah I've been here since which is pretty exciting I love Nui so yeah, yeah. Nui loves you too <laughs> <laughs> so I imagine in the podiatry industry I suppose you'd call it you've seen some pretty pretty cool and grueling stuff I know you were just talking about someone's toe before and I could have heaved that was disgusting <laughs> I don't know how you do it but as a bit of an outlet mentally physically I know that you are have been training for for how long okay a long time so my background's in athletics so I started running when I was seven and I think I remember my first gym experience about the age of 14 so 14 that's young yeah so I've been training for about 18 years now shit yeah a really long time when you think about it and put into that perspective like you know, you look at an 18-year-old and that's their whole life, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's, a, it's yeah. a long time to be giving that sort of time and energy just to the sport. And I know that you've got a ma- your massive driving force is just your love and passion for the sport as well. Like there's not really a reward at the end for you. You just do it out of love. No, definitely not. And I mean, in that 18 years, I can't really ever m- remember having a week off or anything like that. Like I've literally mm. been in the gym mm. full time since that age. Mm. Like, And it's not because I 
want to, you know, like achieve anything. It's just that it's a part of my life and it's yeah. a daily thing that I do to find balance in life and it's something that I really enjoy. So taking us back to the first time that you stepped foot in a gym at 14, that's that's pretty young. But to be honest with you, I remember I stepped foot in my first gym environment at 14 as well and I think they would have been very different gym environments. But um, yeah, take us back to then. What was your expectation going? Why did you start, start there? Obviously you had the running background. Uh, yeah, I remember my first gym, uh, it was an old school boxing gym. My mum dropped me off in school holidays because I had too much energy and she (laughs) had had enough of me, I think. Um, and I remember walking into this gym and I really had no expectations. Um, and I am still really good friends with the owner of this gym. Um, and he was about 55 and I was literally the only girl in this gym. So I think, um, the way that I am now in the gym was definitely created from that first environment. Um, but I couldn't have been asked to be surrounded by better people. So all those people in that environment welcomed me. They didn't treat me any differently, no matter my age, my gender, anything like that. It was mm. just, you know, that we were there to do the work. So um, I don't ever remember f- feeling intimidated at that point. And I think that was because of the people I was surrounded by. So I was super mm. lucky. Yeah, that's really cool. I remember I have two experiences um, going into commercial gyms. My first one was when I was quite young, I think about 14 as well, um, but the way that it went about was I had been to see my GP and I was diagnosed with depression and he sent me to start exercising at this. It was literally like an old person's gym. Like there was just like people with walking sticks and wheelchairs and I went to this commercialised little gym with this personal trainer that was probably 70 and he put me on a treadmill and he put me on an elliptical machine and put me on the rower at 15-minute intervals and that was it for like six months. And there was this, I don't know, this ju- like I felt judged when I was there because I wasn't old and broken I felt Mm. judged going there I felt like I couldn't tell anyone I was going it was a bit of because it was surrounding my mental health it was a bit of like shame surrounding it too so that was probably the first experience which definitely deterred me long term um, before going back and then I remember I went to a local gym here in Newcastle at I think about 17 18 I started and um Planet Fitness, where you're at still now, yeah. and it's a great commercial gym. It's got all the equipment. It's old school equipment as well. I love like the the gruff of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it almost feels like the old school boxing gyms. And I went through like this massive phase of being intimidated and this big fear of judgment, and I didn't know how to use any of the equipment. And I just I would have been walking around aimlessly for hours. I reckon every time I went. Um, but there was one person that I recall really well who is a guy from Newcastle, a PT in Newcastle, and he trained there all the time. And he ended up coming up to me one day and just showing me how to use a machine and was like, oh, this is what this does and this is how you do it. He could see I was like a bit clueless with it. So it was it, cool to have that, um, I guess, have someone to guide me a little bit because I also found the PTs and the coaches there just didn't give a shit, which I didn't enjoy. Yeah, and it's definitely, I mean, I talk to my friends is, they still recall their first time in a gym and they usually it's still a reflection of how they behave in the gym now so I mean even on the weekend I took a friend to Planet Fitness with me yeah to do buys and tries yeah and I mean we were the only girls in the free weight section amongst I mean 50 boys mm. and she she felt intimidated and there's no way she said to me that she would go without someone to hold her hand and that's mainly because most of us don't know what we're doing mm. when we walk in and we just need someone friendly, someone that's going to make us comfortable, that's going to show us what to do. Yeah. I think that's the main thing. And I remember the people that helped me and I try and reflect on that when I'm in there. If I see someone that looks a little bit unsure, like just to say hi, ask them if they're okay and, you know, if they want a hand. So mm. it goes a long way. <coughs> 
I definitely agree. Like I trained with a girlfriend there for a couple of years, um, 5 a.m. Every, every day, six days a week. It was a non-negotiable. We were there for two hours every day doing our fires and tries and back and we had our <laughs> chest days and all these things. Um, and now like I reflect on it, it's like, oh my God, I definitely was overtraining and I wasn't doing the, you know, the quality in the sessions. But my goodness, I gained so much confidence in the weights area and just being able to walk into a gym now and I'm I don't really care if I don't know anyone or don't know what the workout is. I just walk in and you just do the class. Like, that's what you're there for. And there's still so much stigma around that. Like, there's so many young people who are intimidated walking into CrossFit gyms and commercial gyms now. Oh, most definitely. And, I mean, the thing is, we're, the most amazing thing about a gym is we're all there for the same thing. We're there to work mm. on a goal. And, you know, it's a place to work on your mental and physical health. It's where we're trying to improve ourselves. We've all got our own individual goals to get out of it. But essentially we're there all to kind of get to that end point of the goal that we've set. And that's the most amazing thing about the gym. And we're all so different. And one thing I've learned from the gym is it's not the confident place for everyone, but everyone has something that they bring. So, Mm. you know, you can be training next to like a lawyer, a doctor, a student, a mum that are all so amazing in their own right in life. And that's Mm. what you've got to remember. Like we're all just coming in as into a common area with our own strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, did you do you feel like there's been a significant difference in terms of the the, the like CrossFit box style gyms walking into one of those environments as opposed to walking into a commercial gym? Like, what have you noticed? Yeah, most definitely. So, generic gym, obviously, when you walk in, you probably don't get that community, so you don't get to know people that well. Like, you kind of all tra- trainees individuals. Scan your key card. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Like, it's a little bit less. And I think, you know, they say. CrossFit is a cult and that the cult is community and I truly believe that is the reason it's so popular and the reason that it's the way it is is because of the community people feel like they belong to something Mm. and they get to make friendships and for me I spend three to four hours a day at the gym like it's pretty much 99% (laughs) of my social life (laughs) so the people I'm spending time with are like important to me and you know I want them to be aligned with my values and morals in life and um, I think that it's still intimidating to walk into a CrossFit gym though I don't think I feel intimidated by people but mainly the sport of crossfit because it's quite a hard sport Mm, (laughs) you know there's so many things to learn you never you never the master of it you know and the thing is um yeah i think we all get a little bit intimidated intimidated by at times by the training Mm. but um yeah we're all there to kind of improve ourselves in one environment i think that the best part of crossfit for me is when you go into that environment and no matter who you are where you're at in your health journey your fitness level nothing you're always at a level that you can improve on and even when you beat that, you can still go higher. There's never Definitely. an end in sight, you know what I mean? You can just constantly be reinventing and getting better and better and better at every single movement or, um, you know, working on your weaknesses. There's just always something new and something to be working at. So that's what I personally really enjoy of it. Yeah, and I mean, I obviously love both. Like I love mm. my isolated training and I love my CrossFit and I've obviously joined CrossFit with a bit of a background in, you know, weights as it is. Mm. But... Um, you never feel like you're on top of it and you mm. never feel like, you know, that you, uh, you that you can't improve and that's the thing that I love about it as well. You can always push yourself a little bit harder. There's always a new skill to learn. There's always mm. something and, yeah, you, you can't go wrong, I don't mm. think so. And I think we've both, like, through our gym experiences, so I've trained oh, – I couldn't tell you a gym I haven't trained at in Newcastle. I've, I do shuffle around a little bit but I get bored and I, I stop enjoying the, the style of training of something and I want to move on and I, I enjoy the new communities and I enjoy meeting new people and things but it's not even that. I just think that training for me is such a mental therapy and just as we were talking about before we hit record – you know, putting your headphones in and 
just being in the zone, that's my best part. I don't think about anything else. My mind's not moving. I'm not looking at my to-do list. I'm just like, righto, let's go. And I really love that. We've both, I suppose, looked at our gym, I guess, experiences with a bit of a different lens. You're on the, the <laughs> highest, highest scale of athlete and I'm a little bit below that. Um, but at the same time, like I I can completely understand why you put in the hours and do the do it the way that you do because the work is a privilege, you know, two feet and a heartbeat. That's something that I've I reiterate to myself when I'm having moments of doubt in in the gym. Um, and I think that it's it's the work. It's the process that we enjoy. Oh, most definitely. And I think in Newcastle, we're so extremely lucky that we have so many gyms of so many different varieties. You know, it doesn't matter if it's movement, if it's strength and conditioning, if it's functional CrossFit, you know, there's somewhere that you can go and you can find somewhere that suits your needs mm. um, and that, you know, hopefully makes you comfortable. And if you're in a gym environment that's not comfortable, then it's probably not aligning with your goals and values mm. and that there will be somewhere that does. And so that's what I would say. If you don't feel comfortable then you probably aren't in your right space. Mm. And there is always somewhere that will, you know, help you and welcome you and help you achieve your goals. And bodybuilding probably taught me that the most is Mm. the work is definitely worth the output. Yeah, and I think that we'll just digress a little bit into the gym environment and how, you know, important it is to cultivate such a positive environment for your members. Like, as an example, I went this morning to the gym that you're currently training at, Freezing Hot CrossFit at uh, Gateshead or Whitebridge, and um, I walked in and I knew no one. I didn't know the coach, nothing. I just booked a random casual visit just because I needed a change of scenery, and every single person said hello, introduced themselves, and had a chat, and it was like, oh, that's really nice, whereas somewhere that I previously have trained at, when a new person walked in, you all just look to the side. You don't speak to the person, you don't talk, no talking, you're not allowed to acknowledge it. Like it was almost like an unspoken thing. You don't talk to the new person yeah. and you don't help the new person. Like yeah. for me, and I felt like I would had my mouth taped sometimes because I'm like, oh, I feel really bad. Like mm-hmm. I think that we should be welcoming them, you know what I mean? And that's so upsetting, isn't it? I think I'm in the perfect environment in freezing hot mm-hmm. now to really reflect on gym environments. I think that they probably have it really down pat I mean Mm. I was only sitting in the stretching area this week and Brody the head coach and owner he was walking over and he goes I saw him look around the area and he's like who haven't I said hello to today and you know they're the little things that make a big thing and I think there's a big difference between a good gym and a great gym and the good gym is that loyalty so a good gym you can offer your good you know your good facilities and whatnot Mm. And you don't have that culture, so you don't have that loyalty. So people will be one in, one out, kind mm. of in and out the door. But if you create that good culture, you don't have that revolving door and you have that word of mouth. And as we know in business, you know, that's... That's, that's what sustains exactly. business. Exactly. Yeah. So for me at Freezing Hot, I actually went there for a drop-in visit just after COVID. Um, I was just looking to support a few gyms around Newcastle. And I was actually at a gym. I was super happy there. And I walked into Freezing Hot and I remember everyone spoke to me everyone was super happy which I mean you know it's not always the place that you know like people yeah. are always like excited after work <laughs> to go the music was pumping and I just remember um, taking in the class when I was watching and everyone got coached and it didn't matter mm. if you were I don't know elite Andy at the front that wanted to be at the CrossFit Games or you know Jenny <laughs> at the back that wants to fit into her denim shorts the fact is everyone got the same attention yeah. everyone got the same respect and mm. you know everyone just seemed happy and they were flourishing in their own environment and I actually started to want to go and I didn't want to leave my old gym so I'd pop in once a week 
And then all of a sudden I was starting to tell people to go there because I could tell that they would flourish in that environment. Mm. And then I was like, oh, hang on a second. Like, what am I doing? I want to be in this environment too because Mm. I know this year, like, my training stepped up a notch and that's because I'm in such a good environment that those people are putting confidence in me and that's meaning that everything's coming together in my training. So I'm super lucky to have found the gym, I think. Yeah, and like just reflecting on my first experience there as well, I remember coming home, I think I was seven weeks postpartum and you'd coached me up until then in my postpartum state after having Lola. <laughs> and yeah, and I was so nervous to go because I was like, okay, I know I can do all the things, but, you know, I'm, I'm quite unfit still. And when I got home, Steve asked how it was and I was just like, that is the best gym environment I have ever been to in my entire life. And the head coach, as you just said, Brody, he did not miss a beat in terms of coaching every single person in that class. Every time that like, you, you thought that you couldn't go any harder, he was like, Chris, go harder. Yeah. Like he remembered exactly your, like your name, where you're at, what you had to do next. Like he just doesn't miss a beat. And I think that that is just so important if you're a coach and want to start a business or want to start a gym or be a PT like you need to be on it for your clients you need to be a you need to coach them being a PT sometimes I feel like oh I can't tell you the amount of times one of my old coaches just had their phone out every session (laughs) just sit there in the corner on their phone it's like there is someone about to break their back like can we just take a look at that for a sec and you know like it's your time it's your money but you know you you are deserving of that Mm. it doesn't matter who you are you're deserving of that respect and that treatment in that gym environment and you know, I've seen it before. I've seen girls walk into the gym and no one speak to them. Um, I've hate seen. It. Oh, I hate it, it so much. Me. Like it's just so <laughs> toxic. And the other thing that I fucking hate is creating any form of shame to any one member yeah. in a gym for not lifting heavier, for not going fast enough, for enough for taking a break, for having a drink of water. Do not yell abuse at your members or speak down to them because they feel that they aren't capable of meeting your standard or expectation like yeah fair enough have high expectations in your gym environment and and want to want your members to achieve their goals but there's a huge difference between someone physically not being able to lift up a bar and put it above their head and then them not reaching their goals because you've just drilled them into oh. them for an hour that they and had to lift yeah, it, you know? How many times do you walk away and remember the negative experience rather than the positive experience? Yep. You know, like if I have a negative experience in the gym or someone said negative to me, that outweighs whatever else happened that day. And, you know, yep. and I think you just have to be so careful because people are already on edge going to the gym. 100%. They are nervous. They, you know, I remember the first time I stood outside a CrossFit gym, I kind of slowly progressed to CrossFit. I'd le- I came back from Worlds for bodybuilding I was feeling a bit flat and I thought, oh, I just need something else. I wanted to finally use my body a bit more for performance rather than, you know, its appearance. And I was standing out the front of this CrossFit gym and I literally felt like a kid on my first day of school. I was petrified. I remember waiting in the car park. I'd teed up a friend to come and I was standing outside. And I honestly was having that moment of like, am I going to know what I'm doing? Like, do I belong here? I don't know where the equipment is. I don't know anyone. Am I going to look like an idiot? And Mm. I guarantee most people feel like that you know they do walking in it's walking in the door getting your foot in the door is the scariest part and once you're in there you deserve to be nurtured and and given praise for actually having a crack yeah you do have to prove yourself 
you've got to do the work, yeah? yeah? So if you're not doing the work and you're being someone that's lazy or distracting other members, that's kind of annoying and I get that side of things. As a coach, that would be frustrating. Yeah. But if they're there and showing up in the first place, that means they want to they want to be there. Exactly. And, and you know, like it, they're, they're probably petrified and that's probably why they don't seem like they want to do the work, mm. but they probably are unsure. They probably haven't pushed themselves that hard before. Yeah not in that environment you know CrossFit can be that intimidating sometimes we're in a class environment like although you know it's not competitive against each other it's still something we're doing you know in a public space where we're kind of showing off how fit and you know Mm. in shape we are and you know everyone needs that encouragement and Mm. so like I try and remember that when someone's walking in the door to always say hello to always introduce yourself and like I can remember the people that first spoke to me when I walked into those gyms the majority of them are my friends now Mm. but if I say hi, I'm like, hey, I'm Brit, how are you going? Is it your first time? This is so-and-so and so-and-so. And then they already know three or four people that know that's their first day that can tell if they don't know where they're going to get their weights or their barbell or they're not sure what to do, yeah. at least they can grab you and say, hey, can you help me out? Or you know, And I try and make sure I look out for them that day. Um, and majority of the people at Freezing Hot are pretty good at that as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I just feel like... There is absolutely no good reason why anyone should leave your gym in tears. No. Unless they're happy tears because they just, you know, kicked <laughs> okay. a PB, PB and they're stoked. Like, I think sometimes in the workout I look like I'm about to cry. The yeah. boy, a few boys do say that I look like I'm going to cry majority of the time. But that's because I'm in pain and I've worked too hard, not because I'm sad. Yeah, <laughs> look, at a previous um, place that I used to train at for a couple of years, the amount of women that I would see in tears leaving or be in tears during the session, it was sad. I felt like I didn't know how to how to navigate that as somebody who is quite empathetic and compassionate and wanted to be there and support that those people through those emotions but at the same time I you know I had no leg to stand on really it wasn't my gym it wasn't up to me but I definitely am glad that I have since reflected and taken the time to put my energy into other gyms around town like there is just so much in Newcastle to offer so many different you know environments to train in and if one's not you know suiting you anymore or you're feeling like it's not an environment for you it's feeling toxic or there's people there that you don't necessarily get along with anymore like there's another gym down the road you don't have to do this like you don't have to sit there and cop that (laughs) definitely right and I mean I think it stems from the top as well I think there's a lot of gyms in Newcastle where people talk the talk and it comes through social media a lot of the time but they Mm. don't walk the walk Mm. and you know they'll sell you know that the gym is amazing and they can do this and they treat everyone as a certain way but I don't think it takes too long when you're in that environment to realize if it actually is a good environment Mm. and I mean I think last year I I found myself in probably an environment that didn't align with me. I don't think that that gym is not a good gym, but it just didn't align with the goals that I was setting. And Mm. so that made me feel like I was out of place in that gym. Yeah. And so trying to overcome that in future, I think like wherever I walk into, I try and assess the goals and can I achieve the goals that I'm after in that gym environment. So for that uh, gym, I I still wanted to be quite a good athlete. I still wanted to push hard in the wads. Um, and I was seen as intimidating in that environment. So mm, That's interesting. <laughs> we were just talking about this because you were told by someone close to you at one point in your life that other people saw you as intimidating and that was around the same time that I met you and <laughs> I found that super contradictive because I think that obviously you look like an athlete, you've got the body of somebody who's trained for a really long time. You could, like you just look at you and you're like, oh, shit, she's strong. <laughs> like That's just the immediate thought that comes to your head. But you can't wipe the smile off your face every day. And, like, I met you as, and 
and was introduced to this woman that was just so bubbly and so bright and so filled with love and I did not even think for a second that you would be intimidating to anyone else how did that sort of feel like did you then reflect and be like oh maybe I am intimidating to some people it took a pretty good toll on me for a bit there I remember um it came about I was in the classes and I didn't feel like I was being coached and I said to this person um I don't I haven't had many coaching cues and he said to me, it's because you're intimidating. And it actually really took me back because I try really hard to make sure that I am, you know, do everything with a smile on my face and that I'm, you know, encouraging to others. And I know when I'm in the gym, like as a strong, confident, probably powerful girl Mm. um, that's lifting heavy weights and, you know, I'm not afraid to throw myself in with the boys and to go hard, that it can probably be intimidating for girls. And so I really... Um, try and make sure that that's more of a motivational thing for those yeah, girls. Yeah, see, that motivates me. Every yeah. time I see someone of that like that power and that strength, I'm like, oh, I want to be like you. So I'm going to go harder. Like I'm looking yeah. at that person, I want want to be that version as well. And I, I find that really motivating, so inspiring. Like my little girls that you have been coaching for a couple of years now, I think almost. Yeah. Um, the oldest of the two, Raquel, she was like, she said something the other day, I think we're trying on dresses. Um, and she said, I can't wait to do CrossFit when I'm older. And I was like, oh, it's so exciting. I'm so happy that you're loving it. And she was just like, I just want to be strong and look like Brit. And I was <laughs> like, I love that. And and that's really important to me because I think as girls, we're, we're put in this, this pocket sometimes that we go to the gym to be skinny and to, you know, to lose weight and to like maintain that. And I'm not your typical girl, like, you know, (laughs) I'm not built like that at all. And so for me, like, I want my friends to be strong and I don't want them to be afraid to lift weights because they're worried about being bulky. Like, I want them. And, you know, it was only last week I was thinking how excited I was. I got a message from two of my friends. One was that they'd squatted 100 kilos and one had deadlifted 95 kilos. And that just made my day. And majority of the time, like, the happiness in the gym comes from seeing my friends achieve things, their first pull-ups, their first things, because they wouldn't have had the confidence to do that without Mm. that environment. Um, And so when last year when all this happened, I actually took a a back seat and thought, oh, I'm not going to push as hard in the gym environment. I'm not going to do that because I don't want it to be at the expense of anyone else. But what I realised was when I was doing that was that I was making myself unhappy. And so really like that that's where I'm have to now think like does the place that I'm training align with my goals and so that place obviously aligns with a lot of people's goals and that's wonderful but mm. it obviously wasn't right for me mm. and so now I find myself like I said in an environment where I'm really supported to chase those goals and be ambitious and I'm I'm not apologetic for yeah. doing that and I don't think you should be no matter your goal if it's you know to be able to lift 100 kilos or to be mm. able to do a pull-up or just to be fit and healthy to be a better mom then just find the right environment where you feel confident and, you know, that you are happy and being able to do that in a daily basis. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with that anymore. And I think that no no one should ever feel frightened to leave a gym. Like, let's, let's take it back for a second. We're paying, and I, d- I say this with all due respect to every single PT in the, in the industry, a customer's paying for a service. If that, no long- that service is no longer suiting their needs, you go and get another service from somewhere else. Mm. It's not something that's worth never speaking to that person again or, you know, closing your doors and saying, you're not allowed back or bullying them online or shaming them for leaving. Like, you just say, okay, good luck, come back soon. Like, I have a another coach, Drew Duggan, from WellFit over in um, Broadmeadow in Warners Bay and he's been my husband's coach for about... Mm, 
seven years or eight years now and mine for probably around four to be honest but it's on off I go back I you know go back and forth all the time Drew's conditioning is the hardest thing I have ever done in my life and I know that my husband will contest that like I literally die every single time but he doesn't care if I leave and he welcomes me with open arms when I go back and I think that that mentality is just super important when you are cultivating a gym environment or you're starting a new business as a PT like don't take it don't take it so personally when people want to move on definitely I think that um what gyms need to remember is if you do I think honestly if you're doing your job well majority of people won't want to leave mm. but some people leave for so many different reasons it might be financial it might be they're moving or they might have just lost that passion and they need a little bit of a change mm. But don't burn your bridge because majority of those times, if you just let them go and do their thing, they'll do a circle and come back. Yeah. And you know what? The thing is, and if they don't, they'll probably say, hey, this gym is great and they'll come back to you. They'll send someone mm. to you. The fact is, in the end, it's a business transaction. We are paying for a service. Mm. Um, and I think that it's important. And I mean, I've had plenty of times that I've had to leave a gym and it hasn't been nice. Like, you know, that people have made me feel like I've done the wrong thing or that I've done wrong by them. Mm. But in the end, um, we're doing what's right for us and that's what you've got to remember. And, mm. you know, if they are good people, they will say, you know, good luck and you're welcome back anytime. And that's how every gym and environment should be. So just going backward a little bit, I know that you spent quite a lot of time in the bodybuilding game and in the industry and you took – what was your placings again, sorry? Uh, yeah, so I in 2016 I won Australian – championships for natural bodybuilding which gave me my professional card and then I went over to Toronto in Canada and I won my first professional show and two world titles insane it's so insane like that's <laughs> an amazing achievement on its own like just in your career of I suppose being a athlete for for fun you know what I mean yeah what do you think was the biggest surprise in terms of the bodybuilding game uh how many people are not natural yes okay. <laughs> that claim to be I think um, yeah. I'm a you know like I remember the first time I had a meeting with my coach and he asked me are you completely natural and I was excuse me <laughs> and uh, I was like I don't even take BCAA like, <laughs> let alone anything else <laughs> so like what's the percentage on a stage like how many women are we talking were you lined up against that you think weren't natural uh, yeah, quite a few. I Were they drug tested in your year? Uh, it's a random. So uh, drug test is quite expensive and so they they are very rarely undertaken, especially in a natural competition. And you'll often find, um, and especially in a local competition, you won't find a starter there. So most athletes here in, say, if we had a comp in Newcastle, would know that they, even if they were doing that, that they the likelihood of getting drug tested is very low. Yeah, wow. Yeah. It makes you look at things a little bit differently. Like I when I've seen it, some it women is. on stage and like I remember thinking when I was younger, how did they get so big? Like how are their shoulders that broad? Like how does that even happen for a chick? And it really but wrecks it the doesn't. It, it really wrecks it for the rest of us because I remember a lady saying to me after I won, like, there's no possible way you can be that lean without being on something. And I was just like, it's so unfair because the she doesn't understand the work and the time that goes into that. And, yeah. you know, like there's a lot of sacrifices made for bodybuilding. And although it's a very different sport to CrossFit, it's demanding, you know, mm. like it's demanding. It's, it's not missing a meal. Like it's every day, day on, you know, mm. not missing a meal, not missing a training session. You know, it's not like, oh, I don't feel like eating my chicken and rice today. It's like you do that day in, day out. And I mean, for me before Worlds, it was 11 months, like without breaking the diet, without breaking training, it was eating white fish every night, six days a week, and a steak the other night. Like I that did was it for it. twelve weeks leading up to my wedding. Like, <laughs> fuck, and even on my wedding day, I remember I 
um, the coach at the time had me eating fish and greens like three or four times a day, whatever it was. And I, she said that I had to get up at 6am and have my first meal, which is um, white fish. Like yeah. Baron Monday, I remember my mum took an air fryer to the house the day of my wedding to cook <laughs> fresh Baron Monday and some broccolini for me. And I'm sitting there like tan and like my hair's up and like everyone's getting ready for the wedding and here I am eating fish and broccoli like an idiot. I'm like, what was I doing? Like, is was thin worth it? You know what I mean? It's... I, think, yeah. I mean, and I and I love the sport and what it is, um, but I think that they with bodybuilding they talk about the road in, but they never talk about the road out. So mm. the road in is t- like is tough. Like obviously you've got to diet, you've got to train, but then you have a perception of. I mean, I had a DEXA scan before I went to Worlds, and I remember I walked in and I had my work uniform on, um, and the lady said to me, "Now, as women, we're probably between twenty to thirty percent. You know, we have boobs, we have butts," and I'm thinking. God, I hope I'm not that. Like, I'm about to go away, but I was sitting there. I'm like, okay. And I came out and she looked at me and she said, we've got a problem. And I said, oh, it's a problem. And she said, oh, your body fat is only 5%. And that, Stop it. That is critical. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call an ambulance. And I was like, no, 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 it's fine. Like, you know, this is my job. Like, and I'm about to go away. But my perception, even is this year is probably the first year since then that I probably truly accept my body not being in that lean state. It, body dysmorphia I think is a massive thing that comes out and isn't spoken about in bodybuilding mm. um, because what you see and what people see on social media that's not attainable long term that's not healthy long term mm. and I wouldn't say I was like you know I was pretty grumpy at times like you know I was used to sit in sure. the car at lunchtime at work to maintain my body temperature because I was so cold at times you know there are oh certain God. things of that sport that aren't healthy, mm. but there are certain things it definitely taught me as well. It taught me, you know, mental toughness. It taught me, you know, if you stay to the, the guidelines, then, you know, the results can be amazing, those types of things. But I think that the important thing is to have balance in life in all areas as mm. well. And I think when you're jumping into that bodybuilding world, I know that there's a lot of um, different coaches available at the moment. And I've, I've seen a lot of things online where there's actually a lot of coaches who are doing the whole macronutrient thing and counting your macros you can still do that and get on stage and oh, it not being definitely. just fish and broccoli and chicken and broccoli all day. Like it's – and losing your period, you shouldn't lose your – Yeah, and I was super lucky. I mean, um, I had a wonderful coach in my in my corner um, and, you know, he, he was amazing and I never, ever once lost my period, even at that lower body fat percentage. And my calories were probably up around 3,000 to try mm. and keep my metabolism going, to keep everything going. Even coming into that comp, I never water-loaded, I never – you know, I never cut like some people don't drink water for forty eight hours. Like that's what our body relies on. Like, I'm pretty sure I did that the day before my wedding. <laughs> you I know, think the, the, I was told I was only allowed to sip water for the twenty four hours before I had to walk down the aisle. Yeah, you know, like the, like when you look back and <laughs> I look back and I mean, th- th- I had a coach prior to him. That was my first couple of years, and to make weight, I think I ate for a week was like four times a day, four pieces of broccoli and some white fish. Like, you oh. know, like. <laughs> I'm sorry, but oh when goodness. I look back, I'm like, yes. how did I accept that that was okay when I know, like, I'm a health professional, I know that that's not good for me. Mm. But, like, you know, we're driven, so we do what's required to get to the best state. But I just think that there should be balance. There should be well. balance and it should be more encouraged and I think that there should be more of a screening process before you decide to prep for comp for oh, nine months definitely. With, with coaches. And I think that mental health is number one. If you have any signs as a coach that your member that's coming to you going, hey, I want to I do this, I want to get on the stage and they've showed signs of anxiety or depression in the past, it's like, well, hold on, this is, go- this is what it looks like. This is going to be hard. This is going to be 
you're going to feel defeated sometimes. You're going to lose a lot of energy. Right. This is like a full-time job that you're going to add on to your workload. So tell me, do you really want it? And I think that that's a really important process that should probably be in place because you're getting women to the end, getting them on stage, they're winning this title and then this body dysmorphia thing's happening and they're having to re- reverse diet or however they're having to manage not eating and living this lifestyle anymore and then they, like, they're gaining ridiculous oh. amounts of weight in really quick periods of time. They're binging food, binging alcohol. Like I had a friend that done it for I think six months. She didn't end up going on stage but I remember when she made that decision not to go on stage and she literally ate pizza, donuts, everything that she possibly could for three weeks. And she said, I actually, at the end of the three, three weeks, she's like, I actually th- feel like I'm going to die. I feel so sick. Yeah. Like, it's... I, I was only talking with a friend the other day and she did the same. Um, and I said to her, the things that I did during that comp sometimes, like, I would chew food and spit it out because I just wanted the taste. Or I would bake things and chuck them out just so I could have that experience of <laughs> baking the food. <laughs> like I'm some sorry, of the I things I look back lot. and I'm like, I'm not sure that my mental health was great at that time, <laughs> you know. That seemed oh normal God. to me. Um, yeah. Chew the food and spat it out. <laughs> Lick the chips and put them back in the bucket, you know. Like that's that's not normal. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not in that shape now and I'm definitely not overly, you know, as lean. Um, but I prefer the sport of CrossFit because I like fueling my body for performance mm. rather than appearance. And I love that mentality of CrossFit. Yeah. That's something that's been significant for me in my I guess health journey is learning and educating myself about what foods fuel me best and how that affects my training definitely Mm. yeah and I mean you know I have a full-time job like I need to be able to you know do those things every day and you know be able to have other areas of my life and I think it's important that in the gym that you are fueling yourself to be able to perform well um, fueling yourself to be able to enjoy life as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. you want to be able to go out with your friends. Like I used to have anxiety about going out to eat because I'd be like, oh, I don't know how many calories that is. Like, or because I'd, you know, dieted for so long, if something had a bit of oil or whatever, like I would be unwell. Like mm-hmm. I didn't want to eat out. I needed to be able to control all of that. And mm-hmm. that's not fun. No, it's not fun. It's definitely no. not the way to live. And what do you think your biggest lesson has been in terms of? training in all of the gyms you've trained at and being in you know reaching those goals and having the highs of the successfulness through CrossFit and and your PBs and all that sort of thing what's been the biggest lesson? Uh, I think uh, my biggest lesson is is surrounding yourself with the right people Mm. so um, whenever I've been surrounded by good people in in any environment I've I've done well and so I think um, for me when I'm surrounded by really good people and positive people that are on the same level as me in regards to just like their morals and their values and, you know, wanting to get the most out of training, then, yeah, that sort of thing. Um, And I think, you know, that the more work you put in, the more you get out. So Mm. I think that as long as you're working hard, that will give you more confidence than anything. Like putting the time and energy into your own goals will give you so much confidence in life. I love that. Well, you've given me so much insight in this chat. Thanks for coming on, Brit. It's been fun. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Inside Out. I really want to grow in this space and make sure these stories and experiences are heard. If this episode resonated with you, I would love to hear from you. Please leave me a review and hit subscribe to ensure you don't miss our next conversation. Please also join me on Instagram and let me know what you thought about this episode at Inside Out with Chris. I can't wait to share more with you really soon.